What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Florida Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Grassi, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. As always, we live stream on the Painted Lines, TTP Sports, and Flyers Fan Mania 93. And if you tune into this podcast late, live stream, whatever you want to call it, it's always going to be on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. So uh, this past Flyers West Coast road trip was very frustrating. There was a lot of Flyers after dark. A lot of us staying up until, you know, 1, 2 a.m., even though we uh, despise watching these games. And now the Flyers are going even deeper into their COVID problems, which has seen players like Claude Drew and Ivan Provorov being forced out of the lineup. Now Travis Konechny, Travis Sanheim, they are both out of the lineup after just getting some guys back from COVID protocol and Scott Lawton, Derek Broussard, and Carter Hart. But the Flyers, they've lost their past three straight games to the Kings, to the Sharks, to the Ducks. So they went 1-2-1 and one on their West Coast road trip. And now we're back home for the first time in a little bit. So, you know, as a COVID-depleted team right now, going up against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are really not missing anybody besides guys like Evgeny Malkin still. And they are, yeah, they, they've won nine in a row. They're on the midst of uh, possibly winning 10 straight games against the uh, the Reading Royals tonight. That's what it. That's what it feels like at this point. It's, uh, it's been a very frustrating flyer stretch, and now this COVID, you know, protocol stuff with the Flyers. And I know Carter Hart expressed his frustration in, in the game against the Ducks, which I can very understand why he feels that way. But it just with the way they've been playing, plus all the stuff being put on on COVID protocol, it 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 doesn't make it any less frustrating with the way no. they're playing. No, not at all. I mean. I was pretty pretty happy after that Seattle win. Honestly, I was. I know it was a bad game, but it was their first in like what like eleven days at that point, and they came back and they won a game like that. And I was like, all right, let's take it into San Jose, and they got a point there. Then I was thinking to myself, okay, this might change against LA. I didn't really mind their game against LA. It was just every time the Kings had somewhat of a a threat in the offensive zone, the puck went in, and you know the the Flyers get that crazy challenge. Um, on the, uh, like you know, they they get that crazy goal where they make the um the not the challenge, sorry, the they pulled the goalie on the power play and it was like a six on four at that point. Hayes just creeps in and scores on a one timer like and there's like I think there was like seventeen minutes left in the period. They're only down by two. Like they, they can make this a game in you know pretty quick. Um, and then of course as I say that quick is fantastic for the rest of the game and really all of that game and. They got goalied, and then they got goalied in, in Anaheim too. But, you know, it's frustrating when you get goalied two games in a row. You're not scoring on the opportunities you have. You just lost Giroux and Provorov. The day after you lose Connect Me in Sanheim, it's just like a whirlwind of everything that could go wrong for them right now is going wrong. It sounds like last year all over again. And last year, the Lake Tahoe game, they played without six regulars. Tonight, they're playing without six regulars. So we'll see how this goes. 
I don't think it's going to bode well in their favor at all. Especially against a fully healthy Penguins lineup for the most part. Yeah. The only get the only thing that would help tonight is Carter Hart has to like stand on his head. Would have to have like a probably like a forty save, uh, forty save game. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd have to score on special teams if they get it. Score as many chances as they can. I mean, it's not like it's not like they can't win because they can, but it's like it's highly, highly unlikely that they at least take it to them. If they win, say like they did against Seattle, where they're outplayed majority of the game and against the overtime or something, and it's like a one-one game and they win, then sure that that's fine, but. Looking at their lineup and looking at the lines, dude, I I I just I, I really just want to go over these quickly because they really just here I'll I'll bring them up on the screen for you yeah. to make it easier so everyone yeah. can see this. <laughs> so this is a tweet from Jordan Hall this morning. You got Farabee with Lawton and Atkinson, Broussard with Frost and Van Rimsdyk, Bonneman with Hayes and Wilman, and Limblom with Brown and McEwen. I'm gonna start with the forwards for a minute. First of all, you, you have Broussard coming back in the lineup. So Broussard comes back at a good time when they're already down a handful of guys. So that's good. But again, they're missing Giroux, Provorov, Konechny, Sanheim, Ellis, Couturier, all the other guys. Um, He's playing second line. I'm not really sure I like that, honestly, because, again, he's only been practicing for a while, and he was practicing basically back when the Vegas game kind of started and, and even before that. Um, he was practicing here and there, and he would join the team. But that was it. He hasn't seen many game action um, since, I believe, the 23rd or 4th around there. Um, I know the one of the, the game that they announced he got injured was the Carolina game on Black Friday. So it's been a while since Broussard has been in the lineup, and I'm not too sure if I like him playing on the second line because, again, he hasn't necessarily played much in a while. Um Bunneman on the third line, I think, is is not the right move. Um, the fact that Oscar Limblom, Brown, and McEwen are still playing the fourth line when those guys could be playing, um, you know, higher in the lineup right now because and, and, and at least get rewarded for the way that they've been playing. Um, as, you know, guys like Limblom, guys like McEwen, guys like Brown. Obviously, I know that they are fourth line guys, but when you have this crazy. Uh, you know, guys leaving the lineup and everything and the whole COVID thing, you might be able to switch some things around. And um, I personally would, would again, I've talked about it so many times, Limblom is not going to give you anything on the fourth line. You're, he, you might as well scratch him at this point if you're going to keep doing it to him. Um, the defense, York, Braun, I thought York was fantastic last game. I thought he played good with the Braun. That's fine. So Mullen versus the line, and I'm excited to see. And the only regular in here is Yano and Connaughton. So that should be fun. And my guess Big is... Whoop. Big yeah, whoop. and yeah, and uh, Carter Hart and that obviously. Um, it's going to be a, an interesting game, and this is also an ESPN Hulu game. So now, when I come home from work tonight, I have to sit here and try to find a stream to rewatch this game, if depending on the score, and watch the Flyers. I, I should say half of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms take on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight on a stream, by the way, because um, this game had to be the, out of all the games this season. This game had to be the the ESPN plus and Hulu um, exclusive. So it, <laughs> it's um talking about that. It's just uh, a good thing for you when you come home, a good stream website to watch this game. Good old NHL, NHL66.ir. That's a really good place to uh, yeah. stream all the games. And you can actually rewind and fast forward on that. So that's an actually a uh, 
a good motive right there. Thank God I do have season tickets, so I can uh, <laughs> I don't have to worry about the watching the Hulu exclusive game. It's weird yeah. too. I think every exclusive game the Flyers have this year to Hulu slash ESPN Plus, I think they're all home games this they year. Are. So yeah, they uh, are. hopefully I thank God I don't have to worry about that for yeah. uh, the near future. It was like the one preseason game in the beginning of the year that was just radio. And I was like, you got to be kidding. Why? Me. But the Flyers only dressed like. Oh, yeah. I think it was. I think it was it one of the uh, games against the Islanders or something yeah. like that. I th- it was in an AHL arena. Yeah. That's probably why it wasn't on television. Yeah. Because they didn't have a spot for a camera or something like that. Yeah, I, I think know. the only thing they did was like live stream it on the Islanders feed or something like that. Their website yeah. or their Twitter, I believe. I. I barely remember the entire thing but i think that's what happened but yeah just looking at this past stretch of flyers hockey just yeah frustrating COVID stuff it it, it doesn't make it any less frustrating you lose four to one to the anaheim ducks who are missing their own good amount of people in that lineup and the, the ducks it still felt like the ducks ran all over them and also you can't credit john gibson played amazing for anaheim la out of this entire road trip, I thought LA was probably the best Flyers game, and they still lost six to three because I felt like the Flyers actually it felt like a more evenly matched game. But like you said, Chris, it felt like everything for the Kings was just going in the net for them. Yeah. Martin Jones definitely did not play his best game on that day, and Jonathan and Quick, his numbers against the Flyers are just unbelievable. You know, with every freaking great goaltender against the Flyers, their numbers are going to be great against philadelphia but it just sucks it just sucks to see that even though it's like this entire season has been frustrating but like you go back you know know, 10 game losing streak now the flyers have lost three straight games now they're going through a covid problem and it just feels like oh god how much longer is this streak gonna last because you know okay the 10 game losing streak they were playing bad hockey but now this stretch they're losing they're missing a lot of guys in the lineup and and, any credit too there's a Many more teams that are dealing with worse than the Flyers. The Flyers are not the only team in this league dealing with COVID issues. They're not the only team in this league dealing yeah. with injuries. It's, it it still doesn't make it any less frustrating. It's just one of those point one of those points you got to bring up. But yeah, and just to show how shorthanded they are, uh, McEwen is the net front guy on the second power play unit. So nice. that is to show you how just they have no one. They literally have no one because two of the guys that normally would be call-ups in Jackson, Kate, and Seawar, they got put on the COVID protocol as well. And the whole thing with it is that I obviously know Carter Hart mentioned his frustration and everything. And um, I don't blame him because it. I, I personally don't agree with it either. I talked about it before. Um, and it seems like a lot of people are towards that boat that why are they doing this? Because they're, they seem like to be the only professional sports league that is doing it that way. The NFL isn't doing it that way. Um, at least they've changed it from what I've heard. Um but yeah, I mean, look, if, if they can find a way to make it where your the teams aren't losing it as many guys at one, guys at one time like the Flyers are right now, and I'm sure there are other teams, but um, it's not fun when the Flyers are basically going to have to play probably their next two to three games with a very similar lineup that they have tonight. Because depending on the way that you know, e- even if it's a five day span, you're in the protocol. It doesn't mean you're going to be coming back if you're off of it because you still could be dealing with symptoms or whatever. Like Lawton didn't have any symptoms. Frost felt like he had some. Hayes didn't. Like, you know what I mean? There's so many different things. And um, if they're at least able to 
get that to where they get certain guys back at a certain time, um, then that's probably better for them. But right now, it's uh, it's tough. You know, the one thing that I found hilarious <clears throat> on the Tuesday game against Anaheim, this was before the game, actually. Did you see that a Flyers Nation tweet? from uh, Claude Drew's wife's, I think, Instagram account saying that he was yeah, trying he to find the game. Find... He couldn't even find it. Yeah, he got blacked out of his own, of the, the league he plays in. Yeah, because, yeah, I think he was trying to watch it of what on ESPN Plus. He wasn't able to find it there because of the local blackout. And for some reason, the hotel in Anaheim did not have a local broadcast for the game, which was just, that even shows you how much right now Anaheim does not care about the Ducks. For And it's it. also the problem with the league. Why they why <clears throat> why they blackout games? They should not have blackout issues. That's it's the like same that. it's the same issue with baseball. They do the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, I don't they, know they, why they that happens. It's the same thing with like using clips and using highlights. Like if you're broadcast, like if you're someone like us, right, and we wanted to show a clip, the fact that we can't go on there and actually describe what we're talking about at the same time and use the clip of what we're talking about. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me because again, like they want to grow the game and everything else, but we're not allowed to show the clip. It, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, I feel you there, but just uh, the the one thing that did, I don't know. I, I think it was like over this case of the West Coast road trip to where I think it was just staying up late watching this team. Like I can tolerate watching this team like at a, you know normal seven eight o'clock time games. I think it was when it was it's like ten o'clock ten thirty games where it's just like. Oh God! Why do I have to stay up to watch this? And it's just like I, I don't know. I think it just like snapped in my mind. It's just like oh God! Why does Anaheim have all these exciting players? Like the the stadium was literally empty in the yeah. game. It, like I saw, I think it was Jordan Hall that posted on Twitter or Charlie O'Connor. Like someone sent them a photo, like at the game, and the arena was literally empty. Yeah, you sent me that. It was literally empty. And that's that's the thing. I mean, the Ducks, I feel like, have always had attendance problems going back to even when they were in the like, Western Conference Final. I mean, it looked like they would have playoff, playoff games and they won't even sell out. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing I do hate because you have a, a lot of these West Coast teams that have like a lot, like more in the United States, but they have a lot of young and exciting talent, but people just don't go to the games because they don't care. Yeah, it's I, a problem. Like when you I, see, I, mean, I remember years people would argue, "Oh, well, the Angels are are, are playing across the street." The Angels, the Angels don't get haven't anyone. been good in, in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you can't argue that, and they don't play at the same time. No, so, they don't. I don't. I don't even know why that's an argument either. Yeah, just... I mean, like, like like this was a couple years ago, and I it was in the summer. It was a playoff game, and the Angels were playing at the same time, but. It, it still didn't make sense because it should. Yeah, it, like it just that that does not make sense to me. I don't know if the arena is in a, a weird spot, but I do know, like the Panthers, for example, their arena is like an hour outside of like where their fan base is. Yep. So that would make sense, but and they're still drawing a crowd because they're playing good. But dude, if they put that in Miami, that probably would have been sold out when they were bad. Even because it's Miami, Miami or Orlando, either yeah, or, either or. I mean, it's probably why the Magic have a decent crowd. They're right in. They're, they're not far from Disney World. Yeah, I. I it's it's just some of these markets too, and it also like brings me to like like I know this is going off topic here, but I've had a conversation with one of my buddies. Like he doesn't like it when 
the uh, NHL tries to expand to, you know, like some of these like, you know, weird cities. Like I know one of the uh, more, I think, favorited teams in like the next few years, if the NHL were to expand again to like one of the favorite cities to get one would be Houston. And he was just like, why the fuck would Houston get a sit? Why would they get a, a hockey team? That sounds terrible. It could, It's just like, because like Vegas, I think when you were expanding there, you had to have a really good team out of the get go. I think mm-hmm. if Vegas had a bad team, like, you know, the Kraken are the best team right now, but I think for right now, the Kraken, it works because Seattle's one of the hockey team for so long. So I yeah. think that's the reason that's, why it that works. was rumored for years. Like, yeah. like I feel like that went back. That was like three years. I I kind of felt like like Seattle. We we were hearing about Seattle right after Vegas. Yep. Was was a team, and it always made sense for them to go there because it's a good sports town. It's a good, um, you know, it has a good environment to it. And it just seems like a, a, a na- it seems like it would would be a good hockey city. And the other thing too is that they have a natural um, rivalry. Yep. With Vancouver. With Vancouver. Yeah. So that's yeah, now, that's the other thing too. Yeah. Now that the uh, they renovated the arena now, so now Climate Pledge Arena, you can have hockey there now. I'm assuming they're going to try if the NBA ever decides, you know, move a team or even expand or something like that. I have yeah, no idea if they to bring back the SuperSonics. So I wonder if that's going to be a bit for Seattle, but like I can definitely understand, like it it does feel, you know, when the NHL tries to push it to these like odd locations for NHL cities like Arizona, for instance, the Coyotes. That's right now is it's still looking like one of the worst experiments in the league, just because they've really ha- like really only had like one really successful season where they got to the conference finals. And it's really been crap ever since. But Gary Bettman is still like very persistent of keeping the Coyotes in Arizona. Yeah. To where I know there's been like so many talks about like they've had so many issues. Like, you know, earlier this year where they what was it when the Flyers were about to play there? That There was that news to where they didn't pay their taxes to where they almost got locked out of their arena because of that. Yeah. And they're having so many issues with the city of Glendale keeping their arena. So it's just like they're, they're having so many issues trying to find like a permanent place to play. I think they're not even going to be in the arena this year that they're playing in after this year. Yeah. They might be moving to another one. Really? Are they yeah. going to be building one? I'm not sure if they're building one or they're just trying to find one. That's the issue. Yeah. I, I just don't like Arizona. That's getting, the other thing. Glendale is like an hour outside of the city in Arizona. Yeah. And Shane Dona talked about that on um, Spit and Chicklets a couple of years back. Like if they move that arena, they would probably get more people, and if they put it in the heart of the city, they would get more people. And that's how it is. Like, like e- even with with uh, Philly, all of them are in the same spot. You have the it's, casino. It's um, easy to get to. Street. Yeah, it, yeah, it's easy to get to sometimes. Um, <laughs> when there's the, brutal traffic, it, and they if, decide if, to put an Eagles game at the same night of the Flyers game, I don't think that's going to be easy to get to. Oh uh, yeah, but, if, if I ninety five decides to be graceful. With traffic. Yeah. If I were you, dude, I'd go, I'd go down early. Or I mean, you you take a different way, but um, yeah, I walk there. Yeah, you walk. Like, how come you never thought of riding a bike or like an electric scooter? Make it a little quicker, but it's not walking. You know, I'd rather walk. You'd rather walk. Okay. I'd rather walk. This yeah, is I easier. thought you were gonna say you didn't have an electric scooter. And I also um, don't have an electric scooter. <laughs> That's also um, one of the answers there. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I really don't know what to say about this game tonight. 
I, I, I don't have any sort of prediction because I don't think that they're well. I guess I guess that is a prediction. Well, I don't this think is, the Flyers are going to win. This is kind of going to be the sucky thing too because I think today, yeah, it, it just got posted by Flyers Nation. This is uh, Ed Ed Snyderwood turned eighty nine today, so yeah. That would really suck the Flyers losing, especially when they don't have their full lineup against the uh, the Penguins on his birthday. That would really suck. Mm-hmm. Really, really suck. Uh, it, it's just uh, – and, and also Jordan Hall just posted the uh, Penguins in their last nine games. So during this nine-game win streak, they are, of course, 9-0-0. They have eight wins in regulation. They are scoring above four goals a game. They are allowing exactly two goals a game, and their goal differential is a plus 21. That's wonderful. And then the first comment I see on this is good thing they get to play the Phantoms tonight too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got a, a question here from Jason saying, uh, "Did they give a reason as to why it's only on ESPN Plus and Hulu?" That's something the NHL has been doing this entire season to where specific games throughout the course of the year, like every team it's gets so their that, exclusive, you know, ESPN yeah, Plus. And it's so game. that the that people buy it. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, so if you don't have ESPN Plus or Hulu, NHL66.ir is a very good website to use to watch the game. It's free, and they stream literally every game on any broadcast you want to watch. So that is something that... Yeah, I really hope it works, because um, I... It'll work. It'll work. Yeah. Yeah, they even show... They even get to pick up the feeds from the ESPN Plus games. I've seen that before. So you shouldn't have a problem with that website. Yeah, I don't think I will. I've I've used it before. Mostly used on hockey TV for other things like the KHL and the SHL and things like that. So we got a question also from Soto, or just a statement from Soto actually, saying if the NHL doesn't postpone this game, we can confirm that they hit the Flyers. Well, I agree with some points there, but I I think the uh, the league has seen their share of postponed games. Like yes, I I think it should be this is a game that should be postponed, but I feel like the NHL is like trying you know scramble to reschedule so many games, especially during that pause in February, to where I guess they don't want to postpone the game or something like that. I have no idea unless we hear even more talk about you know positive tests in the Flyers or even the Penguins get any positive tests. Who knows if the NHL decides to make something there. But that's something that we have to wait and see. Then we got Robert saying, hey, guys, it's Flyer Bob here. They should just stop the league for a month or two, or in the case of the Flyers, until next year. I was so excited for this year, and it has turned into a complete nightmare. Man, dude, I agree with you. I agree with you. Pause the Flyers for the next two years <laughs> until they figure it the hell out. My God. <laughs> give, give them the automatic first, first overall picks. Just, just give it to us so we can draft Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. So we can reset our franchise. I would, I would gladly take that, but you never know. But that's not going to happen. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to see on Twitter if there's any <clears throat> new things because I know the Flyers were practicing earlier. I'm not sure when they're going to be doing their their COVID test or when we're going to hear anything about like you know COVID. I don't tests think from we them. are. I think the lineup for the game or the lineup for practice is the lineup for the game. Okay. So it's just hmm. – because it's weird, though, because when we were in the West Coast road trip, we weren't really – because I can, honestly, I can understand the time difference there. So we weren't really hearing about, you know, positive tests. I think it wasn't until like, like 3 or 4 o'clock or something like that. So yeah, I think that's what you got to handle for. So I guess if there is anything like that, you'll probably won't hear about that until, you know, maybe the afternoon because right now it is 1130. That's like just right at the brink of the afternoon start. So you never know what happens, but like Chris said, I doubt anything is going to happen just because 
it, it's it's the luck of the flyers at this point yeah i mean it I seems think. like that would be the only update for, yeah. for today and hopefully that is don't want to lose anybody else um I'm trying and, to think and here's a good point right here by anthony sanfilippo that he just posted on twitter he says he can't help but be annoyed that the nhl would cancel more games because of attendance restrictions but won't cancel them because of the league mandated protocols resulting in depleted rosters creating unfair matchups on the ice it reeks of only caring about the bottom line and not the product i can understand do you, that do I you want to suit up on d tonight no no one fitzpatrick asked us <laughs> I'm gonna play right or left side. Uh, can I can I be the buddy for Carter Hart in net? Can I yeah, can I can, I, can we both tend to net? Yeah, you take the guy with the puck. I'll just stand in front of Carter. Gotcha. <laughs> and Man, um, I, I I don't I don't want to get freaking dangled out by Crosby. I really don't want to be. I don't want to get put on my ass. Let's let's get there early so we can at least tape our sticks right, and then we can at least try to learn to skate for about two hours. Can I get away with can I get away with an illegal curve? Um, I think so. I think he could, yeah. <laughs> well, they give me a break just because I'm a guy off the streets. Maybe. <laughs> I need some type of like, advantage. Yeah, you guys don't have enough players. It's okay. <laughs> okay. We got a stand saying uh he predicts a three two flyers win. Hat trick for Atkinson. Let's dream. <laughs> if if only you can put that into reality. I, I hope that that would be the uh the case. <laughs> And also, uh, going back to the beginning of this comment section from Renee saying he spent $131 for club seats at the Shark Tank. It looked like the Flyers were playing the two-minute vantage power play in slow motion live. <laughs> and to, to his comment, OMG, what the freaking holy hell. Glad at least to get a crappy point out of it. <laughs> yeah, going back to that San Jose game, like... That was like the only really time where I was just like, okay, I understand the circumstances. You're just coming off the break. I'll take the, the point. You have three points in your in Yeah, the that's how I felt against Seattle and everything else. And then I felt the same, like, not the same way against LA, but like, I was like, all right, you know, like, they're playing good. And then I was like, okay, let's take this in Anaheim. And then they lose Gene Provorov. And I'm like, oh my God. So that just made it even worse. Yeah, Sean Fitzpatrick says this is going to be ugly tonight. Check that. Oh, I believe you, Sean. No, I do. It will be ugly. There's yes. a difference. It will be ugly. There is no. It can be. It will be ugly. Yes. It, there's no if, ands, or buts. It's going to be ugly, Sean. If if we are lacing tonight, this is like your decision on this. Are we allowed to use illegal curves on our sticks to you know get some type of advantage against the opposition? <laughs> We got Cole Drew in the comment section saying, honestly, I haven't been really watching these guys since the start of the 10-game losing streak. Love having the season tickets hate season ticket holders hate watching the game. Uh, do you feel the same way? Yeah, I do. Do you? I, 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 I just Is can't. Yeah, he's like he really hasn't been watching. Well, he has been watching the, uh, when he goes up to bed watching the late night games. But I think the Anaheim game, he shut it off after the second period because he just fell asleep. So it was just – it's – at this point, like I can understand some people like having their slither of hope just because of where the Flyers technically are in the standings, because they are technically well, behind. That's the only thing we have to worry about. Yeah, like they you are. Know, behind, they are behind in the wild card. They're Boston right now. They're in the second wild card spot, thirty six points. The Flyers are four points behind them, three points behind Detroit, who is above them with thirty five points. But the one thing that's it's the thing with Boston. They have four games in hand. They have five games in hand on Detroit, four games in hand on the Flyers. So there's something to talk about there. And I don't know. It's just 
like, yeah, the Flyers can fight their way towards the end of the season, possibly get that wild card spot. But it's just like, uh, in my reaction, it's just like, we're going through this same shitty roller coaster again. I'm just tired of watching that. I'm tired of having to scrape our way to try to get into the playoffs in like a final wild card spot or something like that. Then just get our asses kicked in the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't find it worth it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the games in hand don't really mean anything, don't really mean anything until you win. I mean, anybody could have a game in hand, and, and that's not just saying that because it's Flyers bias. That's legitimately how it is, and it's the same thing with the playoffs. I mean, if you get in, you can have any chance to win. And um, look, I don't see the Flyers doing much in the playoffs if they get there. Um, I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs. We'll talk about that when, when that happens. I mean, anything can happen. They are very close, and there's still a lot of season left for that to happen, and they still obviously need guys to get healthy and come back as well. But I really I really don't know because my, my patience is pretty thin, and as everybody kind of knows, my, my thing is I'm pretty positive, pretty positive guy about this team. It's – I'm really struggling to kind of continue to find the positives every night. Like I'm, I'm really find certain ones in different areas, but like the Anaheim game kind of deflated a lot of what I was thinking for the trip overall. Um, If they won that game, I probably would have felt better about it, honestly. But look, it's, it's tough because I think it's, I think it's just even harder like it, it's. I feel like this year is even harder than last year because you have a team that's coming off of such a disappointing year. You do all that in the offseason. You bring in all those guys. You even fired the coach and everything. You basically did a major overhaul and then the offseason and a good chunk of through the season. And you're still struggling. And you know, now you're losing guys. You're injured. It, it, it's it's all of it. It's just a. It, it's a mess. The entire thing is a mess. And um, I, I seriously don't know how the game is supposed to I, I really don't. Um, it, and it's not even the fact that like they're, they're pl- like, even if the penguins were having this problem, I even would have said to postpone the game because it, it, it's not fair. You know I mean? They're going up against a team that's won nine in a row and it's played really well and haven't really been hit with COVID too hard. And the Flyers are getting smacked with it right now, and 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 they weren't necessarily playing good before that either. So, it's what it is. So Mike Yo just uh, spoke to the Flyers media right after practice ended. So it was live a little bit ago. It's a little over five minutes. So I might as well bring it up for you guys to see what Mike Yo has to say. So let me get the share screen up. Let me get the uh, audio there. Let me bring this up. So here we go. And here we go, guys. It's Mike Yo, coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, talking after practice. Adam Kimmelman, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Mike. I know you said you wanted to get Derek Broussard into a practice before you put him into a game, but are you sort of at the point now where you just don't have that luxury? Yeah, I would say I would say we're definitely uh, reached that point, Adam. And uh, and I the, the good news is it's not like he hasn't been skating. Um, you know, uh, Shell Samuelson was doing a good job uh, putting him through the paces back here. Um, and I know the skates were, were challenging for him. Uh, again, in a perfect world, would have had the opportunity to get him in there and compete in battle and, uh, and get involved with the group. Uh, number one, 
we we don't have the bodies and number two we haven't had the practices i you know i think that we've had three practices since since i've you know taken this position three full practices just the way this schedule has been so um so unfortunately uh, we're not living in a perfect world right now and uh, and he'll be in tonight and the good thing is is that he is a player that that plays with his head a lot too and so i i don't expect it to be a real difficult uh you know transition for him and i think he'll get in there quickly and uh and find his game olivia reiner you're on with coach go ahead hi mike how are i guess all of your players that are currently in covid protocols and especially the guys that tested or entered protocols on the west coast are they still out there or were you able to get them back here uh, they're they're on their way back today, um, so we're able to get them back, but uh, and uh, and get them back safely. Uh, but uh, but I'll say that it, it, you know none of them have any symptoms. Um, at, at least last I had talked, to, I haven't talked to anybody today. But uh, my last conversation with them was that they are all symptom free. So, um, but I haven't heard anything today. Jordan Hall, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, we talk about next man up mentality so much in hockey. Does this kind of epitomize that? It does, Jordan. Yeah, it's, uh, you know what, I think that there's not a lot of people out there that are going to feel sorry for us that that we have people out of the lineup. And uh, the bottom line is that, that two points are being awarded for this game tonight. Um, I certainly know that our opponent's not going to feel sorry for us. Obviously, it's been uh, uh, probably the best team in the league um, over the last little while. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned, it's a great challenge. It's a great opportunity. You know, it's uh, the bigger the challenge, the greater the opportunity. Um, and uh, and we need guys to step up and we need guys to step up uh, with strong individual games um, and, and not play just to blend in, but play to make a difference, play to win a hockey game here tonight. And obviously collectively as, as a team, we have to be real strong in our team game. Bill Meltzer, you're on with coach. Go ahead. Mike, you had the opportunity a little bit to, to work with Igor Zamula, and I'm curious as to what your observations on his game are and also what has been the feedback on his recent progress with Phantoms. Yeah, uh, that is, he's been playing well. That's the feedback that we got. Um, and, uh, and in my experience, uh, you know, he, he's got a lot of qualities that you like for NHL defensemen, whether it's his skating ability, uh, his poise, obviously his range with his reach and his stick. Uh, being a big uh, a big man, um, still learning how to uh, you know the the strength and and the compete that you need at the NHL level. Uh, but I, I definitely believe that that can be learned and that can be uh, um, you know something that he grows into. But uh, but again, as far as uh, so much of this game, you know we're going to play against a team that's a high pressure team. Uh, they're going to get on you. They're going to challenge you on the forecheck. Uh, when you do recover a puck and you're in D zone coverage, uh, they're going to be very quick to get on you. And that's where the execution of your defenseman is so critical, uh, you know, for you to be able to relieve that pressure to get out of your zone, uh, whether it's to get off the ice or to get on the attack. And uh, and he, he has certainly shown uh, an awful lot of that ability. So that's what we'll be looking for from him tonight. Okay, we'll do two more questions. Charlie O'Connor, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hey, Mike, I um, just wanted to ask you about Kevin Hayes. You know, obviously right now you guys are, are out quite a few centers. You know, Sean Gattari, obviously, Claude Drew can play center and whatnot. I, I'm assuming in a, in a perfect world, you know, he'd be a guy who would take on, you know, a significantly larger workload. But is there an understanding on your part that, you know, given the surgeries, given the fact that he's surely not at 100%, that you still have to kind of limit his minutes despite, you know, the situation at hand? Yeah, yeah, uh, yes and no, Charlie. I mean, uh, I, I think it's sort of, uh, 
you know, an individual game feeling or, or read. Um, but uh, I, I know that we'll be leaning on them tonight for sure. Um, we've surrounded them with a couple of guys that are going to work and they're going to check. Um, and hopefully they're going to recover pucks and get him the puck. Um, you know, obviously we know that he's been battling with stuff, but he has been a warrior and he's a competitor. And I talked to him today and he feels really good. Um, so I'd, uh, you know, I'm going into this game with the mindset that, that he's going to be ready to go and, and we're, we're ready to lean on him. And last question, Olivia Reiner, your own coach, go ahead. Hi Mike, Jerry Mayhew wasn't out on the ice today. Is he back in Lehigh or, or is there something else going on with him? Uh, you know, I don't know if there's been a formal transaction made or not. Uh, he's not in the lineup today. Uh, he, he was here this morning. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm not 100% sure if there was a, a transaction made or not, but but he's not going here tonight. Okay, thanks, Coach. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that was Mike Yo. So he brought up some interesting points, mainly just a lot of the questions based on, you know, game, yeah. yeah, COVID and all that <laughs> crap. And it, I think um, it's weird, too, because I asked this question to myself, like, on Tuesday – about um like the players that were you know tested positive for COVID when they were in Anaheim like do those guys stay in Anaheim the entire time yeah. do they have to stay in the hotel it's just like mm-hmm. I think I'm yeah like, I think I think if it's going off of last year you'd stay where it happens and I'm like geez. well at least Claude Giroux got to stay in California for a little bit but it's just like uh, what do I do here I can't leave my hotel room I can't exactly. do anything it's just <laughs> yeah. it, that that sounds horrible to when you have to go through crap like that. And I think I'm just that, glad that these guys are at least on their way back now because you might yeah. we might see them back Saturday. Yeah, we might. That and is something. One thing that we didn't talk about that that was brought up the other day was Ellis, and how he's basically making little to no progress. Yep. And look, I am unbelievably frustrated in the entire Ellis thing. Not even the fact that the season hasn't gone great, but the Ellis thing is very aggravating to me. The fact that you have this guy, right, and you go out and you trade for him. And I'm not going to sit here and say they shouldn't have traded for him and Fletcher didn't realize this and that because, obviously, the injury isn't the same injury that he had in any of the injuries in Nashville. That was easy to follow along with. Um, he He's hurt with the groin injury, right? And if it was bad and he missed a couple preseason games because of it and they didn't know if he was going to be ready for opening night, then why did he play? Why did he play against Vancouver? Why did he play against Seattle? Because he didn't even play the next game against Boston. And he played one game after that, and it was um, Dallas. Yep. And he, he's played, what, four games? I think four or five games so far. Four or five games, something like that. Like it, it To me, it's like if he was having an issue, because the organization has already come out and basically openly said that they rushed Kevin Hayes back. We already heard that. We heard that before with Hayes. So I wouldn't be shocked if it happened with Ellis. And why do you think it took Broussard so long? Because he didn't want to rush him. Because at first, remember when he was day-to-day? Then they said he was week-to-week. And now Victoria's Victoria week-to-week, right? too. Yeah, Coots is week to week, and he's to me, Coots is, looks like he's been playing with an injury the entire season. Yeah, I think um, he has been. Yeah, I, I think even Yo said that he's been playing with injury all year. Yeah, he's been dealing with a bunch of stuff, upper body, lower body. So I'm curious to see on how many injuries he comes comes up with at the end of the season. It's it's just mind boggling to me how the amount of times 
they've they've shot themselves in the foot with the injuries, with these guys not being able to play, not having a full lineup, and and, and rushing guys back in a year where even if you're rushing guys back, you still have COVID. That's an issue too. So they can even get taken out because of that. So you might as well try to make it where you're at least having these guys as healthy as possible, or at least give them the time because clearly the, they've, they've obviously opened up and said that they've rushed guys back. We, we saw that with Hayes again, Broussard. Um, so it's a problem to me. And then now Broussard is going to come back and he's going to play second line minutes. And he might get injured again. And he, yeah, right. Exactly. So why are you, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make any, any sort of sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. And if you're, and again, and again, if you're trying to, to find, find a way and Yoda makes a great point, regardless of how anybody wants to take it tonight is a very good challenge for them because they are down a lot of players. They're down a lot of, they're, they're down a lot of normal guys that would be in the lineup, a lot of normal forwards. And you're playing up one of the, against one of the best teams in the league. It doesn't look great on paper, but anything can happen. And look, I don't think the Flyers are going to win, but I'm just trying to be. Like, this is really a game to where some of your younger guys are now getting called up. Some of your more, you know, highly touted guys in the prospect system. You got York playing with Braun. You got Zamula playing with Ristolainen. That this is going to be a huge game for them to solidify to say, okay, we want to take this moment and we want to run with it. The same thing for Morgan Frost, honestly. Could because you imagine if this game sparked them to win like 15 in a row or something <sighs> unbelievably crazy. Oh God! Could, could you just imagine that? Uh, I honestly, yes, because Flyers, but I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, even like, still, I think this is like a huge game for both York and Zamula, just to, you know, showcase what they can do now. Because I do think you're like you said in Anaheim. I think he played really good in mm-hmm. a season debut, especially in his hometown. And the one question I do have for. Because I know York hasn't really had the best season down in Lehigh Valley. I know he's dealt with injury. He's dealt with COVID too. But yet his numbers really aren't the best. And he really hasn't, you know, looked that good. But I think it's, do you think if York has like a really good stretch when he plays up here, do you think it's like he's the type of player to where he just doesn't work in the AHL? He's more better suited for the NHL? Do you think it's that type of Um, situation? Because there are scenarios where players don't work in the AHL, but they play a lot better up in the NHL. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I personally feel like if, if York's up here, I think he's up here to, to stay, if I'm being honest, if he plays well. If he continues to play like he did, then he'll be fine. Because last year he had kind of three – he only had three games. It was a very small sample size, and it was only – you know, it was the last three games of the season. And it was also three different games where he played three different ways. He looked really good in one. He looked really off – in the other, he got better as the game progressed, and in the other one, he was he was so so he he he, had, he was okay. He he had a solid game overall, but um, you know, he had a really good debut this year. And one thing that I had seen on Twitter, I don't know how true it is, but they had someone had said that they were looking to see him play, um, you know, like more physically uh, off the puck. And when I see him. Actually, when I see Troy Terry walk around Sanheim and score the second goal, completely walk by him, and then I see Cam York break up the play one-on-one and then take him to the wall, 
that is the play where I'm like, okay, that's what Sanheim needs to do for one. And two, that's what they've been talking about with York. Now, again, I don't know how true that is. I don't know what they've seen um, and, and what the organization likes with York. But and I'm not gonna sit here and make it like I do, but that's just what I I I had seen on Twitter. And the thing is with York then is I personally think if it's a similar situation like Frost, because I don't think Frost is going back down. I think Frost is an NHL player. Um I think York could stay up here. Uh and and it also depends on the whole Keith Yandel thing and also Kevin Canon, because they could easily keep Yandel in the lineup if they wanted to and and put York in if you wanted to do it that way. So I, I, I don't know what they do because again, you still have sealer out who is the replacement. If say Canon gets hurt or something like that, or same thing with um, Yandel, but that's the thing. It's like, what do you do? Because you still have Sanheim out and that would have been Zamula. And then you have York who's already up here. So like, there's so many different avenues, but I would like to see York stay up here, dude. I mean, I think I he's, hope he does. Yeah, I mean, I because because the uh, the attitude level towards Keith Yandel is just getting lower and lower and lower as yeah. the games go on. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's been brutal. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's made some good plays the last couple of games. I mean, he made that play to, for the Farabee goal against San Jose. Um, he had a couple of good plays in, in the LA game. I honestly didn't think he was horrible against the Ducks. Um, I thought he had one of his best games in a while. And I know the thing is with Yandel is the power play. And when the, even when the power play isn't producing, it's like, you know what I mean? It, 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 it just doesn't bode well for him. And the, the, one thing I, up on him. the one thing I don't like is I think it goes back to the Anaheim game. I feel like Keith Yandel forces shots when they aren't there. So, you know, at the end of the he Anaheim game. He does that with game, passes, too. Yeah. It, because at the end of the Anaheim game, they pulled the goaltender, and they were, they, you know, they were going on that five on, what was it, five on three, six on something. for I, When it was four on four, they made it five on four, I, I believe. And it looked like the, one of the best Flyers power plays that wasn't a power play the entire year, where yeah. they were passing the puck with ease. Fairby was getting so many one-timers on the right side. But it felt like Yandel, it just like, there was a guy that was directly right in front of him, and he still shot the puck, and the guy blocked it with ease. I'm just like, Yandel, what are you doing? You just wait. I know you guys were out there for like a, two plus minutes, but you don't do that. Try to pass no. the puck to someone or just like force Gibson to make a save to cover the puck. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it, and th- there were people who were saying that it was dumb to trip the guy at the other end. I'm like, if he doesn't trip him there, he's either going to turn around and fire that right in the empty net and it's 4-1 two minutes before it was 4-1 originally. Or he's going to pass it to the other duck that was creeping in on the other side. So he pretty much had to take that penalty regardless. I would have rather him taken that penalty instead of watching the guy shoot the puck in the empty net. So that's the other thing. Um, uh, do you also think that um, at the end of that Anaheim game, do you think that Travis Konechny actually embellished that penalty? <laughs> no, that was a horrible call. And I, I personally thought the Flyers got boned a lot in, in the third. There was a lot of missed calls on the Flyers in that third period. A handful of hooks. There was a trip on, um, I believe it was this game. No, it was, a, it, it was uh, I believe it might have been this the, the Kings. I think it was the Kings or it might have been the San Jose game, but there was a trip on JVR, and then there was a penalty that was called, like, not even a minute later that the Flyers got a power play off of. But, um, yeah, dude, there was definitely a couple that the Flyers should have 
they, they should have had at least one power play opportunity. They had one that was like 30 seconds because it was, it was negated with a four on four, but that was it. Um, it felt like there was a lot of times the Flyers didn't get many calls. And there was a couple hooks, a couple holds um, that I had mentioned. And I was like, how do you not call that? There was, um, I think Konechny at one point got tripped. And I was like, and me and my dad were screaming for a call. Like, Come on. Like, because it was in the third. They were only down by two at that point. And it, that could have been something. But, you know, it, it's it's ones like that where it's frustrating because if you, if you can get a power play opportunity to yeah. have your best players on the ice. Every day say it was the Sharks game that you're yeah, talking it was about. The Sharks game. Um, th- th- there's ones where, you know, you might be able to get a goal there and make it an easier game. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a big thing for the game tonight is special teams. If the Flyers can have a good PK and if they stay disciplined, they have a good shot. And the other thing is, if they at least get power play opportunities to have the best players on paper on the ice, they might be able to get goals. And if they can do that, then again, anything can happen. I mean, I I, I don't want to sit here and make it like I think they're going to win, but I um I'm not exactly excited for this game. <laughs> I don't think you are either, because no, you not. have the great joy of going to this game. No. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's going to be brutal. I I really do think it's going to be brutal. And then also going back to Travis connecting, I know he's been one of the more, I would say in the past, like, you know, a couple of years, he's been one of the more frustrating players to watch just because he's struggling to score goals, like over the past couple of seasons, especially dating back to the bubble. But when I look at connecting right now, so he has 19 points in 33 games, he got five goals, 14 assists. But when I look at his shooting percentage, he's only shoot, he's only shooting 5.4% of the time. He has not taken that many shots. Even though if I look at the rest of the team, he had he has the second most shots, but for some reason his shooting percentage is 5.4. So I don't know if that means he's missing a net more often than not. He's getting snake bitten. I just don't understand because this is well, probably the lowest his shooting percentage has ever been in his career, I believe. Because... He, he has missed that net a lot. That's because, going back to the beginning of the season. Because last year, his shooting percentage was 11% exactly. And then in the 1920 season, where he was one of the best oh, players well, on the team, his shooting percentage was 17%. 17, yeah. And I think his average is 12.4, if I believe. That's his average shooting percentage. How many shots on net does he have? He has 94 this year. That's not much. But in 37 if, games... But if I look through the rest of the team as well, so right now the person with the most shots on goal obviously is Cam Atkinson. He has 94. Konechny actually has 92 with a 5.4 shooting percentage, but Cam Atkinson has 94 shots with a 13.8 shooting percentage. Claude Giroux, he has 84 shots this year, 13.1 percentage shooting. Sean Couturier, he has a 7.6 per shooting percentage with 79 shots. JVR, he has a 10.6 shooting percentage with 66 Keith Yandel has a zero shooting percentage with 62 shots on that. I find that funny. I wonder um, how many of those are blocked. That could be. An, or at least for like low on the ice. Or, you know, for connecting Slept how many it. times, how many times that he hits the post this year yeah. or just how many times he misses the net. Like the amount of times connecting has missed the net or hit the post is unbelievable. 
like I I do like connecting yes has frustrated me like over the past couple of years too. He he's because we've seen him before be a really good player. I'm not sure if it's Elaine Vigneault's system that just really screwed him up or that bubble really screwed him up in his head. I think it's all of it combined. Not he's not confident in himself. I just don't because like he has these good starts to the year where he's scoring goals, but then as the season goes along, he just can't find it. I just don't understand because he did it last year too when he had the hat trick against Pittsburgh. He scored yeah. in those first couple of games. Now he just can't do it. He hasn't scored since November 18th. It's been almost, at this point, two months since he scored. So it's, I, I don't know what the issue is. I, like like you said, it could be a mix of everything. Elaine Vigneault's system, screwing him up. He's still not confident from his time in the bubble, not scoring goals. I have no idea what it is. But it's just connecting. He's like, like as so the rest of the team is a re- it's really frustrating right now. Because you know a lot of these guys on this team can be a lot better than what they are. They've shown it in the past. I, I just don't know what the problem is. I just don't I, know. I, I I don't either. I mean what 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 aggravates me is like he has the, he has those games where he looks fantastic and he can't hit the net. And then he has those games where he looks like he he can't even he's like struggling to even like skate or even hold his stick or like make a play like and it's nothing against him or anything like that like i i i like connecting i don't want to give up on him and i don't want to give up on a guy like like sanheim either um but it, i think it was pretty clear the flyers could have traded him and Elliot freeman had even said that that they didn't give up on him they they told him that they could have traded him and they didn't and they're still trying to find the way to, I guess the way to kind of use him. Um, he's played with a lot of guys and they've used him a good amount on the power play. And even in the beginning of the season, they had him on the bumper spot in the power play. And the amount of times they tried the Drew on the right side, down to Couturier in front of connecting in the bumper and the shot went high was a lot. And especially in the first month of, of the season and throughout the beginning of November. And then when they switched to the power play units for absolutely no reason, um, remember that when they just did that randomly? Um, yeah, it, it just, it, 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 I don't know if it's a, if it's a confidence thing because I feel like in the last handful of games, he's been one of their better forwards five on five. Like he's been, especially in the San Jose game, that line, the frost, uh, connect me and Lumblom line was really good. And they were they scored the goal. They had connecting a really nice pass over to Frost. That was a great setup the entire way. Um, but I I feel like when he's playing the way he can play and when he can kind of get at guys, um, that's when he's kind of playing at his best. But he's just not finishing. He's not getting the bounces. But I feel like once Connecting gets one, he's going to get like ten or twelve. You know what I mean? It's just all it's all going to go in for him then. So tonight is a night. So uh, I was I don't want to cut you off right here, but like like Chris Dunn in the chat. I, I don't want to say I don't, I don't like start off with saying Chris because it's not you. It's Chris in the chat yeah. saying like so the qu- comment right here saying Oscar Hayes Brown are all worthless slow motion players. JVR trade to anyone would help us rebuild. But the one thing I would disagree with you there, Chris. Right, now, Hayes is just like you can't say he's worthless right now. He's coming literally off. None of the guys are, are worthless. Cool. Mention. Honestly, these like hey, Brown has been one of their better players. Yeah, Brown's been great. In the, in the last handful of games, Hayes Since is coming off. Game, him and yeah. McEwen have been great. Yeah. Hayes, Hayes is coming off of two core muscle surgeries. I don't know what do you expect from him. 
there, there's That's nothing the to expect from Hayes. Yeah, you can't. And Oscar, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's been disappointing for him this year, but it's also the Flyers aren't putting him in a better position to succeed. But Lindblom definitely has been better since AB got fired. That's something to state there. Mm-hmm. 100%. And none of those guys are, are worthless either. I mean, if you really – nobody on the team is worthless. Um, like, like, yeah, J- JBR is probably one of the more – probably the most frustrating guy on this team. Wait, did you say Hayes is too old? Hayes is not even 30. Oh, I got to look at this now. Hayes is not even 30. Hayes is like 28. Yeah, he's he's 29 years old. He's not even 30. Yeah. That's that's not too old. He's so I, don't know, I, don't, um, I don't know where you're getting the too old from. I'm not sure if you're just pointing to Hayes as that right. point. But Hayes at this point, like you shouldn't expect as much from coming off of two core muscle surgeries. I, I wouldn't expect anything from that player to do anything successful. It's it's even a miracle that he's even playing from off of those two surgeries. Like, and especially yeah, I mean, everything Line that's going- a, Dude, can we please talk about this whole thing of like the line A? This guy could have been a flyer. Like it doesn't matter who it is. If it's line A, wait, it's McCarr. Wait, wait, plays like he's 40 the past two seasons. Hayes was one of their best players last year. He was probably one of their more consistent players last year. Yeah, he was. He was so he I, was up there as one of the, the, the guys who was at least most consistent throughout the year. He wasn't great. Kevin Hayes was Kevin Hayes in terms of points. He was their second best player. JVR 43 points. Hayes at 31. Yeah. And, and with everything Hayes has done and everything he's gone through, the two core muscle surgeries, losing his brother, all that he's got 15 games. He's got eight points, which isn't horrible. I know he's a minus 10, but I'm sure the minuses aren't great because their goal differential is not good um, because they haven't really been scoring. And he was also minus five in the Kings game, and so was JBR. So that's 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 another thing. Um, going I, back to the I, uh, again, you, you can't expect anything from Hayes this year. You just can't. That's the problem. Well, I, uh, yeah, it definitely is a problem if Hayes is your second best player because yes, it does showcase that there's problems throughout the lineup. But like saying the only it's, good move was not Atkinson. That's just not true. Like like saying that the. Um, Oh, it's... You can't even really sit here and say any of the moves were only good because we haven't seen Ellis. So has also... the Ellis move boded well for Patrick or Myers? Because Myers just got his first point the other night and has only, only played, played 13 games. He's only played 13 games this year. And, and Patrick, Patrick has played, played about four and he's been injured the entire year. So if you want to look at it that way, it, I don't think it's going well for either team. Um, it's funny. I think still at the end of the day I make that trade. <laughs> I'd still make that trade. Still, dude, I Jason Martinez one time I asked him and he was like, dude, I make that trade every day and twice on Sunday. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that's that's perfect because that's that's what I would do too. It's uh, yeah, going now going back to the line A thing. Like, yeah, line A could have been a flyer, but honestly, if you're looking at this point, line A probably would have hated Elaine Vigneault. He probably would have. If he hated and, John Tortorella, he would have hated Elaine Vigneault. Amadeo, and we could have been Penguins fans. That, that's how I look at that. That it's like the, it, to me, and this is nothing against you, Ryan, but like that whole entire argument of like this could have been, I I I don't like it at all. I think it's one of the the dumbest things in sports when everybody's like, oh well, this could have happened or this could have happened. It could have, yeah, it could have. You're right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's nothing else to me that that that, that wants to sit there and be like, oh well, they could have did this, they could have did that. 
any other team could have got Carter Hart in the draft. You know what I mean? And everybody still wants to sit there and, and be like, oh, well, they didn't get the brinket. Oh, why didn't we take Caulfield? Like, Caulfield's not lighting it up right now with the Canadians. And, and, and if I remember correctly, he was sent down to the AHL this season. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm going to sit here and be like, oh, well, it was me. We could have had this. We could have had that. Like, now, the one thing I will say is developing prospects, that's the problem. Because they haven't had the 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 guys that – not many of the guys that they've taken, especially centers, a lot of the guys that they've taken did not – develop in anything yes they just did not develop and into anything and that's um, that's the one thing that i do have an issue with hextall's drafting who said is, who said alice paul coffee <laughs> I'm, I'm not even paying attention to that comment um the one thing i do have an issue with hextall's drafting i felt like a lot of the players that he drafted it, it's it's not like, like some of the players that are on the team right now yeah i'll call those more successes because they had made become mainstays into the lineup but I think a lot of his picks were more focused on, like, especially the center picks were a lot of, you know, safe picks, two-way forwards and everything like that. I think Hextall really didn't focus on guys that just had, you know, that high upside to where, yeah, he has some flaws here, but he also has a high upside here. I felt like he tried to stay towards, you know, you know, just those you know, safe two-way forward type of picks. And that's, like Rupstoff, like he really didn't have that high of an upside. I feel like his his ceiling was at least a third line center, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, like guys like Vorobiev, he didn't turn into anything. But that's the thing, though, with like with with Rupstoff, I disagree because like he was lighting it up in the AHL, and he's just been killed with injury. That's the other thing. It's also bad luck because a lot of the guys got hurt. Like I believe Fazleev. This the uh, big center, Riddell Fazley. I think he was hurt for a while. Um, Igor Zerduk was hurt, and he was a very good, flashy Russian winger. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other centers that they had gotten. Laburge, Pascal Laburge. Like I know that I know that was an unlucky scenario there, but yeah, like it's just not. It's just so unfortunate because a lot of the guys could have developed into something, and and some of the guys are still are developing, um, in certain ways. But I think I think the one pick that just truly truly hurts this team is the Patrick pick. It, like yes, that was a very unfortunate circumstance yeah. with Nolan Patrick. It, it just hurts because the guy just like yeah, if he had attitude issues or anything like that, the guy just couldn't stay healthy. No. That's and he, and he's it's still having that issue for Vegas. Like that that is the one pick that truly hurt this team. In my honest opinion, it was the Patrick pick. Yeah, like I'll they're, I'll give credit to Hextall that they've gotten Carter Hart. So I'll, I'll give credit to Hextall. The one thing that he did do was really bring in a lot of the you know good goaltending prospects for this team, which is like something is not doing anything for them. I'm sorry. We're basically going to sit here and watch another four years of this if you want to rebuild. So that that, that, that that's what that's going to be. It's going to be another three four years. Of the same mediocre hockey with it with a lineup probably similar to this one, if you want to rebuild the one for tonight's game, similar to that, and and that's that's what you want to play with every night. I'm sorry, but you don't make those trades for Ryan Ellis and you go out and you get guys like Ristolainen to rebuild the next season. That's just stupid to me. I'm just like the one thing I'm talking about with the question right there, like making excuses for what I'm not making excuses for anyone. We've been Nobody's saying this been team, we've been saying this team has been playing like shit the entire time. 
Like that's not. Yeah, I know. I, I love when people do that. Like they want to make it like that. We're like that. We sit here and we and we say that they're. Oh, you know the Flyers are great. They're playing so well. Like like they haven't like we haven't been shitting on them for the past basically the last three months because of how bad they've been playing. Like it 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 just gets old when when you sit there and you cover this team constantly and you have to deal with oh well it's an excuse it's not an excuse like to sit there and say that COVID is an excuse when the entire league is dealing with it, and we understand that is ridiculous because it's it's not an excuse. I mean, they're dealing with it regardless of, of the roster, who they have on the team. It's, it's a part of what's happening. And it's probably the reason that they are losing games because they don't have any regulars playing the game. And it's not an excuse. It's, and I'm just objectively saying that that is part of the reason why they are probably losing these games because they don't have these guys in the lineup. They're still dealing with, the trickle-down effect of the old system from the old coach who's not here anymore. And they're still trying to put everything together. And regardless of how anybody wants to say that this is an excuse, because as Mikeo just mentioned, they've only had three full practices since he's been here. So there's that too. So I don't know what, what they do, but they've been injured. They've dealt with COVID. They've dealt with a new coach. They've dealt with 400 million different things. And this is even going back. And that's just this season, by the way. And even going back to last season when everything was bad. So, again, I don't really know what to say. That's a quick rant, but moving on. <laughs> and, like, I think this is, like, the better comment right here talking. Like, Jason says, like, there's going to be a time where if, like, like say, yes, if this does continue over, like, yes, like, I can understand that. I can definitely do. Yeah, the Ducks were two guys, two regulars, Zegers and Getzlaff. Two regulars. Zegerson gets left. Flyers were missing. Drew, Provorov, Ellis, Couturier. Um, Walton came back off of, of his first game back. Um, no Broussard. Yeah. So they were not missing more regulars. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can, like, I, like, I, I hate coming at you guys in the comment section, but yes, we're yeah, all. Yeah. And again, I, I'm not trying to, to, to be a, um, like we're not trying to be assholes, yeah. right? Like, no. like we're, we're as frustrated as the rest of you here. And it's just it's it becomes even more frustrating when you have to when you have to watch the game. You know what I mean? When it's like, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it, but it's like when you have to cover it and you know that they're playing bad. It, it's just it's not fun, and it all doesn't bode well. Well, Chris, for your also yeah zamula is playing tonight so mm -hmm. there is something to that standpoint from your yeah. statement so he's playing playing with rista linen yep so it's it, a big pairing yeah that is a big pairing honestly oh <laughs> i wonder how that will go well and i guess the one thing that i want to leave this thing off it's not a flyer's point but i saw a um tweet yesterday from sportsnet it was a gif. I think it was when Edmonton was playing Toronto and they said Jack Campbell with the backstroke save. And uh, I don't think Jack Campbell really made the impressive save. The The shot right here went into his legs. Wait, I want to bring this tweet up too, just so you guys know what I am talking about. So if I bring up this, this tab right here. So if I bring that into the chat for a quick second. So if, if you see this little gif right here, so Jack Campbell with a backstroke save. Uh, the shot was kind of terrible. <laughs> and everyone in yeah. the comment section of this post was just like, uh, you might want to think of that again. 
Yeah, I, I, I really just don't know why he even tried to pass that. Like, how do you <laughs> not just turn and shoot that puck? Like, his head is down the entire way. Not even realizing that the net is wide open. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't know either, but <laughs> that, that, there are so many questions about this team that we don't have the answers for. No one really has the answers for. And yes, it's probably right now going to continue being a really frustrating time for the rest of the season. We just don't know. At this point, you just got to take it day by day. And that is the only thing you can do right now. I know all Flyers fans right now are frustrated. And it sucks. It, it does suck. I'm frustrated. Chris is frustrated. Everyone here in this comment section is frustrated. Everyone on Twitter is frustrated. It's very understandable to be so. But right now, uh, take it day by day. That's all you can do. If you want to stop watching this team, I don't blame you. I know some people have stopped watching them. because And who knows with the attendance. I know I feel like Saturday is going to be weird with attendance because of you know, the, uh, the, the, the uh, Eagles playing the Dallas that same night. I know the Flyers start an hour earlier, but still, I know the uh, Wells Fargo Center put an announcement saying the uh, Wells Fargo Center parking lots are going to be reserved for Flyers parking only. Mm -hmm. So Eagles fans can't park there. So um, it it, it just sucks. And I I know this game tonight is going to suck. I'm not sure. I I know the uh, five-day period for the uh, quarantine is up technically on Saturday for Giroux and Provorov. So who knows if they even play on Saturday, mm-hmm. but that's something we got to wait to find out until can, that happens. Can I be insane? I will be back Tuesday would be my guess. I, that's what I, cause I think what their five day quarantine is up Sunday or Monday, I think. Yeah. And they have, they play Tuesday against Carolina. So that should be fun. Yeah. So yeah. Day by day, day by day. That's all we got to take it at this point. So thank you everyone for joining this episode of the Flyer Up podcast. Don't forget to check us out everywhere. Even with the painted lines that we're streaming on right now, check out their YouTube social medias and everything. Check out our separate social medias for me and Chris on Twitter. Check out our separate YouTube pages, TTP Sports and Flyers Fan Mania 93. Also a link to the Florida Pod merch website. That'll be down in the description below. If you want to check any previous podcasts or anything, that will be down in the description below. And also you can check us out on Apple and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts at. This live stream will be up there as soon as this ends. So if you missed it, definitely go check it out on the recorded version. So thank you, everyone, for joining this edition of the Florida Podcast. Uh, Hopefully tonight is not too frustrating, just hopefully. So uh, (laughs) we will see you next time. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia. He is Chris Mayer. And uh, praise to the Flyers tonight.